Welcome to the Innovation and in Government Show, sponsored by Kerasoft. Each month, we'll talk with industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing key technologies. Now, here's your host, Jason Miller. Welcome to the show today. My guest is Paul Battaglia, the Vice President of Federal Sales for BlackBerry. Welcome, Paul. Jason, good afternoon. Good to be with you. Our conversation today will focus on mobile revolution, and what a great time to talk about this growing influence and use of these devices. And of course, we have to talk about how best to secure them. The use of mobile technologies and evolution of the Internet of Things, or IoT, is reshaping the way the government executes on its mission. From smartphones to tablets to letting employees work from anywhere at any time, this wide adoption of Wi-Fi, even in places like the Pentagon have Wi-Fi now. DoD reporter is so very excited that there's Wi-Fi at the Pentagon, but this all presents major challenges, specifically around cybersecurity. And how can agencies secure the ever-growing number of devices? Among the most startling findings of a new Homeland Security Department report on uh, mobile devices and security around them, it, this comes from a March report, and it shows that they, these mobile devices have become an avenue to attack back-end computer systems containing the data of millions of Americans, sensitive information around federal government functions. Now, DHS made 10 recommendations ranging from how agencies adopt a framework for mobile device security based on existing standards and best practices to Congress, to the Office of Management and Budget, enhancing the metrics of the Federal Information Security Modernization Act, FISMA, to focus more on securing mobile devices applications and network infrastructure. The security of mobile devices becomes even more important when you consider the evolution that offers, you know, a path to more productivity, better communications, better citizen services. So this whole idea of modernizing government. So with that context in place, let's begin our conversation. Once again, my guest is Paul Battaglia, the Vice President of Federal Sales for BlackBerry. What's interesting about this, and, and I was just at a recent event where they talked about IoT, Internet of Things. They talked about cybersecurity and all these things that are happening. The state of cybersecurity today is so much different than it was a month ago, six months ago, five years ago. Just give me your perspective on that, the state of cybersecurity. Well, Jason, uh, yes, it's unprecedented, isn't it? Everything we seem to touch now is is connected. And Thomas Friedman once coined the phrase, the world is flat, alluding to the connected world. It's also a dangerous world. And it's now estimated that over 120 countries, more than half the countries on the planet now are developing offensive cyber attack capabilities, which is now viewed as the fifth element of warfare behind space, uh, air, sea, and land. And so no chain is any stronger than its weakest link. And the government is big and Acquisitions are generally slow, um, and the tools used in cybersecurity change so often that it's a major challenge for our CIOs and CSOs. I'll tell you, those guys do a great job, but their job is tougher than ever. ever. I mean, just ever. Uh, they, they can't talk about their successes. They fight a war that's 24 hours a day, uh, every day of the year. But one single slip gets them either news on the front page or even worse yet, a catastrophic, creates a catastrophic risk for the country. And we know that everybody from rogue nations to terrorist organizations to organized crime are trying to get into those networks, and those networks continue to proliferate with things that they have to manage. And um, it's a really uh, daunting task. I think you, you present it well that it's not just a, well, let's, let's create the perimeter, let's protect the, the put, you know, put the moat around the castle. That idea, that concept of, of your perimeter and your network defense has changed so much. 
And, and because of mobile phones and tablets and the like, the endpoint security and, and what you hear about securing at the data layer has been so much more. I mean, is that the biggest change you've seen you know, over the last three, five, seven years? Yeah, I think so. You know, if you think about it, we have, it started off with mobile phones being the big challenge, uh, the proliferation of phones, the mobile workforce, and the mobile phone, the smartphone being the the communication device of choice, replacing laptops largely. And that became a, a security issue. Even the, the DHS report you just cited talked about how the smartphone uh, introduced new elements of risk to the equation. They can get malware on them just like a laptop can, but they have other capabilities that make them even more risky. There are 5 million applications you can download on a, on a phone. God knows what is in those. Plus, they have sensor design, uh, sensors in them, uh, so GPS devices. And they're consumer, a lot of them are consumer grade, meaning that they're not, security is not a major factor. So for a government agency to say, oh, let's buy a phone of, of certain you know, maker, whether it's a BlackBerry phone or whomever, that's made for me and you as the consumer, not necessarily the government employee who has these security challenges. Sure. And let's face it, things like text messaging are ubiquitous, but SMS texts are in and of themselves not encrypted. So whether you're a, a hospital employee exchanging patient information through a text with a doctor or a medical provider or someone on the front lines of law enforcement or in intelligence agencies, we have to be very, very careful that those things don't cause leakage in the network and create vulnerability for us. That's a great segue to this discussion about the challenges of this mobile government. The use of Internet of Things, IoT, is growing. You talked about it earlier a little bit everything from your cars to sensors that are out there to help people meet mission to, you know, toaster ovens and refrigerators. Talk about this idea of the challenges, the security challenges for the, the modernizing mobile government. First and foremost, we have so many different systems that our government employees have to operate to keep current. It's uh, virtually impossible to keep current on all of them. Think of all the mo hundreds of thousands of mobile phones that are out there in the government, and all of them have to be brought up to security levels, the latest uh, operating systems with security embedded in those. Then you start adding devices that are inherently unsecure. Again, uh, let's take the example of a, an automobile. Cars are going to be the next new connected device uh, out there, government automobiles, government uh, military automobiles. Those are going to present uh, risk, and they're going to need to be covered. But central to all this is the fact that management of all these devices becomes overwhelming. And what we need to do is get to more centralized management so that we can do away with all these multiple systems trying to manage things. That is the firm, foremost goal. Find a unified system on a single pane of glass that can get us to uh, good management. Here's the easy, the softball question for you. Does one exist? Ah, <laughs> well, they do exist, and I happen to know one very well. <laughs> there you go. I, I kind of thought that. Generally speaking, what are you seeing from your government clients? Are they are they asking for that single pane of glass? Because uh, you see that with other cybersecurity efforts around dashboards, as an example. Every CIO and CISO that we meet is looking for that single pane of glass because on the network, usually there are heterogeneous devices. You're going to have iPhones. You're going to have Androids. You'll have BlackBerry phones. Uh, you'll have, again, uh, all kinds of wearables that are on the network. How do I centrally see and manage those and create an environment where I, I know that not one of those devices is going to create a back-channel tunnel into my network? We are doing that today. Uh, we are doing that today. We can unify management of iOS with Android, BlackBerry, 
Windows, and a host of other operating systems. You bring up an interesting point about that single pane of glass and understanding where your risks are. There's been plenty of opportunities already, even though this idea of IoT is so new, there's been plenty of opportunities for IoT to cause challenges or even even problems for large organizations. Give me an example of where, what you've seen over the last you know, few years. Certainly the breaches that have been uh, reported out there are headline news, certainly here in the government. We all know about the, the OPM breach, and we've heard about others at VA and Postal Service and the Pentagon even, and of course, even in the intelligence community. And our, our people are doing the best they can with the tools they have. But, you know, if you even look out to industry here, industry's having the same level of difficulty. Um, if you look at most recent hacks in Fortune 500 companies that cr- suffer great financial losses, but in, in two cases, one tunneled in through the company's air conditioning system, which was connected to the internet, and the other one got in through the point of sale system, the point here being that no matter where you are, your endpoints, all those things in the network that are connected together and communicate are sources of vulnerability. And I think people lose sight of that. And I think it's part of the education of understanding that risk management piece that, yeah, you can put on, the, you can have your refrigerator connected to the internet. That's a great right. thing. And you can order through Amazon or Peapod or whoever the milk when you get down low. But that also becomes a risk that somebody now orders you 400 gallons of milk and it's on your credit card, it becomes a hassle. Is that a key piece to understanding as agencies, as organizations modernize their services, that they have to understand that that risk piece? Yeah, I think so. Everything's at risk. Let's face it. As you said, phones are more consumer grade than uh, military grade. And none of these devices are military grade. A refrigerator on the network uh, at a VA hospital that's um, uh, that's storing blood, for example, is is not military grade. We've had a situation where ethical hackers have been able to hack into a VA hospital and change the medicinal dosage in an IV of a patient. This is how profound the problem becomes. Imagine laying in your bed and uh, someone remotely is operating your IV for medicinal purposes. This creates uh, a whole set of different things outside of cyber warfare with rogue nations. So as we talk about the modernization, what should people keep in mind as, as, as agencies look to modernize and bring in these mobile capabilities, these Internet of Things capabilities? What are some of the things that, they sh- that, that you guys are seeing that you, you know, as you're helping your clients understand these challenges? Again, we talk about all the risks involved here, Jason, but there's unprecedented opportunity here. As things are moving out to the edge of the network, the use cases are becoming very effective and very profound. Uh, as an example, in law enforcement, we have products now today that uh, one of my people actually refers to as Amber Alerts for the Enterprise, a company called Ad Hoc, where 80% of the Pentagon uses this. And if you go back to 2013, to the awful situation we had at the Washington Navy Yard, if you were in one of the buildings down there, chances are you were under your desk wondering what to do next. But through this particular system, you were getting constant communication from law enforcement and first responders on whether to shelter in place or whether to go out the back door. Uh, This was used also in the San Bernardino terrorist attacks two years ago, where it was unprecedented, but for the first time ever, a general broadcast was sent out to everyone in the vicinity uh, advising them of the situation and to shelter in place. Uh, We had another similar situation uh, on the campus of UCLA where students were notified that they needed to shelter in place, that there was an active shooter on campus. So this pro- provides things that we've never had before, but we need to manage those. One of the things that this understanding of IoT and this understanding, as you said, of, of these challenges, 
agencies are looking to modernize. Agencies, we, we hear about this from the White House. We hear about this from Congress. And the mobile services, the access to these apps are, as you said, both a security issue, but also a great opportunity. Is there a balance? Are you seeing agencies trying to find the balance so far? There is a very obvious, very delicate balance between the benefits and the risks. We talk about the benefit of extending the networks out to things like law enforcement, enabling citizen services. We'll, uh, we'll talk about even things like port security here. But uh, the fact of the matter is all these devices are small and they're portable. And let's, t- let's take a low-tech example uh, that's probably high risk, and that is let's talk about someone leaving a smartphone or a tablet left on an airplane in a foreign country. I know I've left them in cabs and in restaurants every, everywhere else. And that device happens to have sensitive government data, which presents a real challenge for the CISO and the CIO. The best solution for that is what's known as a container that isolates the government data from the other on the mobile device. And it effectively puts a moat around the government portion of the information uh, on the device. The container now has policies in it that control the dissemination of the sensitive data. I don't know, that could include more authentication uh, to get into it, another separate password to get into it, or the fact that it just can't be seen uh, unless there's a biometric entry. And even some read versus write, correct? Like you can read it, but you can't make changes, or you can read it and make changes. I mean, that's that's another key piece to that. That's right. Well, and, you know, as an adjunct to this, the, you know, the use of encryption built into these uh, containers really ensures that the data can't be accessed from outside the container. That's the key here, right? So that these are getting widely used now. Uh, a container uh, technique and um, strategy is absolutely vital to uh, protecting national secrets. Most container products use the advanced encryption standard, which is mandated uh, in the federal government. But these solutions also allow the administrators to remove, when they get the phone back, if it's government issued, to remove only the container portion uh, stored within, within the container itself. It also, per, uh, you know, as kind of the example was leading, it also protects from data leakage. Someone accidentally sets, sends something across the network that they shouldn't to someone. And I'm sure this happens all the time, too, with so much uh, traffic going in and out. And so the containerization allows the organization to retrain, uh, maintain control over that data and strictly limiting the flow of information into places where it should be allowed. I think the example you, you give in terms of losing your cell phone, data leakage are great examples. And we've all done it. So don't, don't feel bad. <laughs> Paul, let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we can talk a little bit more. You're listening to the discussion Innovation in Government sponsored by Kerasoft on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. Do you know all the ways BlackBerry software impacts the enterprise of things? BlackBerry was the first EMM vendor to receive full operational capability for the DoD. BlackBerry Ad Hoc is the first and only FedRAMP authorized crisis communication service. BlackBerry, trusted by DHS and 70% of federal government employees. Security that addresses the entire enterprise from end to end. Learn how BlackBerry can help your agency. BlackBerry.com slash government. Welcome back. You're listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm Jason Miller. My guest today is Paul Battaglia, the Vice President of Federal Sales for BlackBerry. Now, Paul, before break, we talked a lot about the challenge of mobile devices and modernizing government, the challenge that Internet of Things brings to kind of the everyday work. But now we're also seeing the Internet of Things going into the field, the mission areas. And that, too, adds another layer of complexity because it's not just, well, it's the phone in my pocket, 
but it's all those other devices that really impact mission. Talk a little bit about what you guys are seeing from how agencies are dealing with that complexity challenge. On the homeland side of things, we're seeing unprecedented progress utilizing the extended network in areas like port security, real-time port security. You know, there are over 5 million containers coming into U.S. ports every year, and fewer than 2% of those are actually able to be open and inspected by U.S. Customs. So the technology is now evolving quickly. We have, we've spent millions developing it in our, on our side where containers can now be exam, uh, examined for changes remotely. So from the port that they departed, has any change come to the container, even the, the environmental environment, the ambient temperature? Has the container been open? Has the weight changed? Have the contents shifted? All of these things are going to revolutionize security, even though, by extension, they also create risks uh, to us as a country. So if the container's been opened prior to arrival uh, and any of the contents have been removed for any reason, the technology is now uh, being distributed that will halt those containers from importing any kind of, uh, uh, any kind of rogue goods into the country. Or, or even at the basics, just to give Customs and Border Protection a better sense of what's happened. Maybe this needs an extra look. Maybe nothing's changed. Maybe naturally things settle and, and, and that change is okay. But knowing that it happened is three quarters of the battle, I think, sometimes. Understanding, and that's where those sensors, the technology can come into play. But those two, as you, we've talked about often, can, can be a cyber risk. Indeed. I mean, these are out there in the category of enterprise of things. And um, uh, these things are now, they need to be protected. When you talk about what's happening at the ports, are you seeing this in other areas too, uh, within the mission areas? Are you seeing some, some for instance, uh, farmers who go into the field and are using sensors? Are you seeing, you know, fighting wildfires? Is, is that also, are you seeing other agencies asking for the similar types of technologies? We are seeing it on almost at every level of government. We're seeing... Uh, Farmers, warfighters, missile systems, everything uh, is having these kinds of sensors added to them so they can be managed and monitored. And this is where in the future, now three to five, as we look three to five years out down the road, there are going to be literally millions of new things coming on onto the enterprise. Don't jump ahead of me. That's my last question. Uh -huh. That's my getaway question. We'll get there <laughs> yeah. in a second. Okay. One of the other pieces to this discussion has to be now the insider threat. We've seen this time and again where documents and leaks and, and well, as a journalist, I'll tell you, we appreciate that sometimes, that government agencies are trying to do more to protect the information. So talk a little bit about the insider threat piece, because I think that's another one that gets sometimes overlooked when we talk about mobile devices and modernizing government. We certainly all were party to the uh, WikiLeaks and the, the Snowden incident uh, here not long ago uh, in our midst. And I don't know about you, but I'm old enough to remember that back in the 60s, there was a TV show called Mission Impossible. And uh, the it started with an audio recording, tape recording every show. And at the end of the tape recording, uh, it said this uh, this audio will, will self-destruct in 10 seconds. There's also powerful technology now that's wide, getting widely adopted in the government, place policies on digital documents, that is file level security, to prevent the next Snowden or uh, WikiLeaks. And uh, here's how it does it. So a sensitive document gets placed into its own security wrapper. And uh, policies, uh, either the, the author or whoever controls the document can apply policies to it 
that stay with that classified document throughout its history, no matter where it's stored. So it could be on a laptop, as in the case of, uh, or as in the case of Snowden, he saved things to a thumb drive, and um, once that file is connected to the network, say that thumb drive is connected to the network, the permissions are invoked. So when Snowden accessed the files, downloaded it to his thumb drive, flew to China, and plugged in the thumb drive to his PC, then to a connected network, if the policies were set, such as a time limited or immediate authentication required to access it, he would no longer have had access to the document. That's incredible. I mean, it's come so far. I mean, many times you hear about music that has wrappers on it. The, the, this concept of putting wrappers around files is, is really a next level protection. It's not just encryption at rest or encryption in transit, but encryption all the time. Well, that's right. If, you, if I look outside government for a moment, if you go back a few years ago when Sony was hacked, uh, and their movie scripts were grabbed. Um, they were able to at least protect the scripts on the internet by putting policies uh, around them uh, that denied the u- users of the broad uh, broadcast of all those documents being made public. So it, it does present an extraordinary challenge, but the technology now that we didn't have, say, four years ago, is firmly in place to protect all of our classified documents. Do you think agencies understand that using this type of technology, a wrapper technology, that's one way to kind of meet their insider threat? Because there's a lot of you know requirements from the White House, there's requirements from Congress to address the insider threat challenge. Are they getting that? Are they starting to see it? Or is, is this still one of those two new technologies, let's, let's test it and pilot it and, and make sure we understand it? It is at a nascent stage still. The technology is new, but it is rapidly getting an adoption. I mean, we go back right after Snowden and everybody started saying, how can we fix it? And the questions were being asked. And so uh, we went out, developed it, uh, brought it in, and uh, have been you know, testing it and running several proof of concepts here within government agencies to make sure that it meets those requirements of security. What's the reaction you get from CIOs, chief information security officers, when they when you do that pilot or test? Are they like, taken aback or they're like, do they believe it can work or they, is there still some concerns about whether, well, what would that impact be on my ability to, to telework as an example? Well, there are always trade-offs, uh, with any technology, but in this one, they're very, they're very few. Um, as long as policies are set, for example, I may be out in a public place and I have a document that I need to review and somebody may be looking over my shoulder, reading the document or worse yet, they might have a cell phone, a smartphone, that, and they try to take a picture of my camera, uh, or excuse me, my screen with a document on it. We can watermark it uh, so that the camera, the image will be ineffective. Similarly, I may be in a movie theater or something like that, and I need to get a quick look at a document. Someone could be looking over my shoulder, and we could present the document um, unscrambled one line at a time. So it cannot be. So when you talk about trade-offs against national security, the certainly the benefits far away any uh, outweigh any trade-offs fascinating example and i think you know people don't realize uh, i never thought to to use my uh, cell phone camera to take pictures of documents i'll have to do it next time I, I see something i want paul we've talked a lot about the problems we've talked a lot about the the challenges we've talked a lot about the concerns solutions i think you, we've started to go down that path a little bit talk a little bit from your perspective of okay what can agencies do what are some things that they need to consider 
as they are moving more mobile, modernizing their technology, serving citizens better, but still cybersecurity is a huge, huge priority. Well, yeah, Jason, of course, it's it's part of all of our lives now. Uh, and it's not a question of whether we use cyber or not. The question is how to maintain security while making our network useful and the devices we use uh, useful and with a good user experience. We do need better activation models from high security containers to managing devices natively. In our case, we support over a dozen activation models over four operating system platforms ranging from iPhones to Androids to Samsungs and Windows and of course Blackberry, all from a single management platform. And you've heard this theme throughout the conversation of simple uh, simplifying uh, management for our security officers and CIOs. This, is, uh, this has to be one of the top priorities. Uh, and if you look now at the White House directive to uh, that agencies are going to be held accountable by the White House, they are going to need to show progress in these particular areas. And I think that's a great point because we've brought up risk several times and understanding your risk is, is step one. But then, okay, when I, once I understand it, then what do I do with it, right? And I think that's where some of these solutions come in. Do agencies understand risk or are you, one of your goals is, as you know, from BlackBerry's perspective is helping them understand their risk so then they can make take steps to to mitigate those risks. It is our job in industry to take forward solutions that we develop to make solutions that the government can put to use. The government is not a is not a technology provider, it's a consumer. And it's our job in industry to listen to our customers and to provide those solutions. Uh, for example, um, we've learned in the past couple of years uh, that governments like to live, listen in on live cell calls now of heads of state and Governments all over the world now have this capability to listen in on live conversations that policymakers and decision makers, this is one of the things we heard from the government. So we've now introduced a, a system now that protects the voice, the spoken word, and we're going to continue to listen and develop solutions for that. That's a great example. I think people don't forget about it. They think data, documents, but the voice is also something else that, that's important. We're almost out of time. I want to jump back to the thing you said earlier about where we're going to be. So when you look mm -hmm. forward, if we have this conversation again in three, five years from now, what's going to change? What, what are some of the things that people, uh, agencies need to consider? Well, um, change is happening before our eyes. And, it, and it's not so much change as it is evolution. Uh, the evolution of uh, the connected environment, the enterprise of things, um, millions and millions of things connected to the inter internet. Uh, this proliferation is going to create um, uh, very daunting problems that we've heretofore never had to deal with. And so uh, systems are going to have to scale. I think that the government is going to have to look at, just as it has with cloud, um, have to start looking at such options as mobility as a service. Uh, to get outside, to uh, offload some of this work uh, on the networks here and some of the pressure on the networks. So we're going to see that. We're going to see uh, good collaboration, I believe, between industry and government. Um, we're going to see more solutions, point, uh, solutions that protect endpoints. Um, and all those endpoints, uh, whether they be uh, wearables or port containers or they're connected to warfighters or they're just mobile phones, are going to be um, national priorities in terms of protection. I think that's a, that's a key point. It's all of it, not just the cell phone, not just the tablet, 
but all those other pieces and parts. Paul, this has been a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for your time today. Fortunately, we are out of time. And you've been listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on federalnewsradio.com, 1500 AM. I'm Jason Miller. I'd like to thank my guest today, Paul Battaglia, the Vice President of Federal Sales for BlackBerry. Paul, thank you so much for taking the time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsradio.com and search Innovation. Thank you for listening to the Innovation in Government show sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. The entire discussion can be found on demand at Federal News Radio, keyword innovation.